we all have language blind spots and you know we sometimes use the wrong word when we actually mean another word and so if this is you too then I think today's episode is definitely for you so today Minnie me I'm talking to Sarah Townsend now Sarah is a freelance copywriter for over 20 years and the author of two best-selling books So today she's talking to me about her latest book called The Little Book of Confusables. So after today's episode, you actually won't be confused about anything. So keep listening. Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative while also being high impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. So welcome, Sarah, to the Cracking Copy podcast. Um, Really pleased to have you on. Um, and wanted to obviously talk to you about your fantastic new book, The Little Book of Confusables. So first of all, can you tell our listeners um, a bit about the book? Gosh, so it is very different to the first book. It is um, designed to help smart people avoid stupid mistakes when it comes to commonly confused words. So the idea is that it contains tips on how to use the words, how to remember the words, usage examples, um, things like context. Like a few people in the reviews have said, what good is a dictionary without context? So I guess this is a bit more like an informative, fun and entertaining kind of a dictionary, up to 600 words in there. Um, But really, I wanted it to capitalize on the fact that I think we learn best when we're having fun. So some of the examples are a bit offbeat, um, but some of the tips are very sticky. So the idea is that you have the more memorable tips and that's how you remember the spelling next time you come to write the word. So um, my kind of three things that I wanted to achieve with it was to help people boost their vocabulary, write with confidence and avoid those embarrassing mistakes. I know. And you know, you're saying about it being um, quite fun. I mean, I would, I laughed out loud at meringue and merengue. (laughs) 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 I loved that. I thought that was really good. Um, So could you say at the back that you've had the idea for quite a long time? So um, is this something that you, I mean, confusable, are they things that you have just come across um, yourself or just, I mean, obviously we all see mistakes around us. Mm in things all the time but what was it that actually was there a particular thing that that sort of sparked your desire to actually write a book about it well I I think two things really I think from nearly 30 years in total of working with words as a 
um, copywriter and editor as I am now and also a proofreader working in magazine publishing. Um, my entire background, people have seen those mistakes where somebody's used the wrong version of the word your or their or its or they've used loose when they meant lose or breath when they meant breathe, whatever it is. I get people coming to me all the time and saying, saw this and thought of you. So it's just kind of what it's kind of what I attract. But a lot of people are really fond of saying, um, oh, it's disgraceful, the falling standards of English usage and kids these days can barely write a text message. I don't take that no. attitude at all. No. I just see those mistakes that I mean, the number of times I've worked with, I mean, I've worked with thousands of people over my career who are all smart people. They all have their area of speciality, but for them, language and spelling is just not intuitive. I mean, that's fine because I am exactly the same with numbers. I find numbers quite tricky to get my head around. I'm just not a numbers person. So everybody has their strengths and weaknesses when it comes to what they're smart with. And the idea of, calling this book simple spelling and usage tips to help smart people avoid stupid mistakes is really there's no shame in needing this book on your desk I'm nearly at 25 Amazon reviews less than a week after launch and the number of people I actually screen grabbed one earlier from somebody saying I've worked in it was along the lines of I've worked in PR and marketing for 30 years so I thought I was good at all this stuff having flicked through this book I realized I wasn't and yeah. you know we don't look up things if we think we know them right so can I share an example of yeah no please how I think this works so I'm 52 and about six months ago I discovered that you know those little transportation devices with two wheels and a handle called a Segway? Yes. S-E-G-W-A-Y. Yes. And I always thought that if you are segueing from one topic of conversation into another, it was spelt the same. And I thought that there was another secret word, S-E-G-U-E, that was pronounced seg and made something, meant something altogether different. But if you're saying from a topic of conversation to another topic of conversation, that is the word segue, but it's pronounced, I mean, it's spelt S-E-G-U-E. And I never knew this. And everybody has those blind spots. We all have those things that we wouldn't look up because we think we know it off your own bat. Um, moot point. I went on BBC yes. radio earlier this week and the presenter said, I had no idea it was moot, M-O-O-T. I always thought it was mute, M-U-T-E. Yes. Like how many people can relate to that? So this is the book to kind of keep handy on your desk at all times. And just don't worry about Googling everything and kind of wasting time and feeling silly. Just flick through because it's gorgeous. I know. It? I have to say, because <laughs> well, my my sticking point has always been um, like practice and practice, yeah. like dental practice and to practice. Yeah. And for some reason, even though I've done, but I love the fact that you said it ends in ice and that's a noun. And, ice and is I'm a just noun. thought, and well, I wish someone told me that when I was like seven, but it's yeah. just, so I sort of write it and I go, does that look right? It's almost like I, I, it's like my intuition, does that look right? Rather than, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I better double check it. Yeah. But, so actually your examples are really, really helpful. And as you're saying, the sort of to get it to stick. I mean, I'll never get that wrong now, which is brilliant. I know, I know. It's all about creating a visual picture. And in fairness, that's the way I learn. So I've just shared 
the way I remember, I've got some really offbeat ways of remembering the spellings of words like dependent and dependent, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of use the example of a um, of an auntie ant, like a, who's your dependent. Um, so dependent with an A-N-T is is somebody who's dependent upon you, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Um, a child or um, a family member. So, yeah, if you think of an auntie ant depend ant you have got to create a really vivid picture in your mind and it, and it'll stick and you'll yeah. never get it wrong again so actually the book okay so I mean so obviously we're you know we're professional writers and we and we do that for a living and this is really useful but actually it is really useful from for anybody really anybody mm. from yeah. like quite young children who who you know really might struggle with that kind of thing mm. to whoever really yeah whoever well yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think a lot of it has come from the fact that we all have these public personas now, thanks to social media. So even if you are um, a business owner and you're lucky enough to work with a copywriter and you've got a copywriter writing your website or your case studies or your blog posts, that's brilliant. But let's face it, most people don't. Most people can't afford to or think they can't afford to. But even if you are working with a copywriter, you have daily updates to write on social media you have letters to write to people at Christmas to put in with a Christmas card you have um so social posts emails everything that we have to write day to day and a lot of that has come about because a lot of us just don't pick up the phone anymore so yeah. we all we have to write now so yeah somebody again another of the um amazon reviews that's come through since last thursday says um everybody useful for everybody from seven-year-olds to ceos well definitely exactly can't say fairer than that can you that's no, and I'm it's, very and it's, with that. it's a really it's a really good size actually because i'm if i look around my office and i look at the books on my shelf they're all kind of like novel sizes which is kind of okay but actually yeah I would leave that on I would leave your book on my desk because it's 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 not so big and cumbersome that it would take up any space mm, so mm. Uh, so that was another genius idea and was that something that you had um yeah <laughs> it stands up on your desk like a paperweight as well should you wish it to <laughs> oh well I shall try, I'm gonna try it that literally stands up I love that about it but you see that's yeah. brilliant but was uh, presumably that was um you, you know you you wanted to do that you wanted to make it sort of like mm. handbag size rather than mm. it being um absolutely I did I I have this book work hard and be nice to people which is the same as the print that's behind me um Anthony Burrell who is um like a typographical artist I don't know how he'd describe himself but that book lives permanently on my desk because I love yellow and it's yellow so um a few people on social media have been saying to me what came first the book cover or the wall behind me because <laughs> so many people have seen me on zoom calls I've done podcasts and and events and that kind of thing but yeah for me the little size was absolutely critical and what I found to the 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 you know the negative side of having the little size is that it's a non-standard size on Amazon which means that it is not eligible for what they call extended distribution which means that other people can sell it so I'm baffled at the moment because somebody has just shared on LinkedIn saying um, they'd ordered a copy from Amazon and then they went into their local bookseller and asked their local bookseller to start stocking it, which is right. how lovely is that? Um, and she ordered herself another copy, but she ordered it from a bookstore. And as far as I'm aware, I've only uploaded it to Amazon. So I have no idea Gosh. how that actually works. But the more people can get hold of it, the better. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And then I was kind of thinking I would ask you about what you think the top sort of two or three mistakes are that people make. And so I was thinking about, and I wondered if it was things like there, there and there and your, mm. your and your, or whether you, um, in your research, you thought there were some that were sort of more obvious mistakes that people make. Um, you see a lot of choose, cho- I can't even say it, choose and choose and chose and loose and lose and I think with loose and lose that's because you see lose l-o-s-e and expect it to rhyme with rose because it's r-o-s-e and you read it as you read it as lows so you therefore think it can't mean lose I I'm losing myself with that example (laughs) (laughs) but really because I've worked in marketing and publishing for so many years there's not a single example that I've not come across the jester of the the jester of goodwill doggy dog world all those kind of um idiomatic examples that appear in the book moot point um white as a sheep (laughs) all these things that people say and get confused with and the hardest thing with producing this book was really knowing where to stop because my son um I said at the the back in the acknowledgments that my 19 year old son taught himself in design so he could do the layout so I had my designer George my son and I came up with the concept for what we wanted it to look like my designer created a proper template George laid everything out and then it went back to the designer for a quick once over before it was um, uploaded. Just because every time you think you've got them all, another one will come into your head and to have to go into, say, the P section and insert another page and then every other page has to shuffle forward as a result. I got to the stage where I said, "Okay, this is just I've got to stop here. Um, It's quite a thick and chunky book as it is, 330 pages, I think. So um, I thought, well, I'll just keep hold of a, a list just in case there should ever be a sequel, you know, if this one oh, proves popular, which it already is. Yeah. Um, number one bestseller in eight categories on launch I mean, day. That's, that's fabulous. With that. Well, the, be- the, the, the even more incredible thing is that out of the <laughs> trillion T billion, I have no idea. I did read the figure 20.8 million titles on Amazon and it ranked... 367 I think that's fantastic and are you doing all of your own marketing for this as well 100 wow that is you must be so delighted yeah absolutely I I thought after survival skills for freelancers that it would be easier because I'd been through the self-publishing process once already and it really wasn't (laughs) obviously there were certain things I knew but well I was going to ask you actually what um what did you learn from writing your first book? So for those people that don't know your first book, um, your first book, um, yeah. Survival yeah. Skills for Freelancers. And um, you, so I'm, I'm interested to know, what did you learn from writing that first book that then you were able to carry through? I mean, I know they're very different, but what, mm. what, you know, were there specific things that you had learned that you're like, right, okay. Um, it was really and- all about the process of, how to deal with that because everything's done through Amazon and when you're an independent author you have to do everything yourself um I mean don't get me wrong I've got support from um my VA and I've got an accountant and I've got um an IT company and this kind of thing and that's one of the things I talk about a lot in survival skills for freelancers is outsourcing and not trying to do it all yourself but with a book like this there's 
there's only so much that I could outsource. So understanding the process of Amazon's publishing platform, which is called KDP, mm-hmm. um, was, a, was, of course, a help. But this, as you say, is a completely different book. And the number of times we went back and forth, um, George and I went back and forth um, with, well, you know, how about when we have an example like this, we put this in caps and then we put this in inverted commas and this is in this font and and whatever. The actual style of it and coming up with a, a really usable easy to use user friendly way of presenting the tips and the um and the examples the usage examples was really time consuming and then of course also i'm not expecting people to use it instead of a dictionary but you want to make sure that you've got your facts right and to to be to be writing and publishing a book about words and having to proofread that having to that is the most stressful proofreading job I've ever done in 30 years you cannot get that wrong can you you cannot you cannot you can't can't. and honestly the number of mistakes the number of times the two of us checked it and then my I have a um a colleague who I worked with in my last employed job 23 years ago and she was an editor at the same time as I was. She's also a journalist and a published poet. And I sent it to her to proofread. And she said, I had no idea I'd be getting these things wrong my whole life. <laughs> and, but you know, even after it had been through so many passes of proofreading, we were still finding mistakes. I'm like, so I had perfect example. I've got toe versus toe, T-O-E versus T-O-W. Yes. And... The description, and this will give an idea of kind of how quirky the the language and the descriptions in the book are, Toe said, 10 make a foot. And we'd read it and read it and read it. And I'm like, wait, what? 10? How did that happen? I mean, how did that happen? Oh, it's just, you're so deep. You get too close. You You get very so close. Exactly. So close. You just get so close. And there were these things I was reading again and again and and reading what I expected to see, as is always the case with proofreading. Um, Yeah, and and things were cropping up, but I'm fairly confident there's not more than one mistake in it. (laughs) Well, I haven't found one. I'm not going to be looking for them. I'll tell you that. I confess I have found one. So you said it it was it was really time consuming. So obviously you have other work to do as well. How yeah. so how do you fit that into your typical day? I mean yeah, that's 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 my weakest point I would say because yeah, I'm running my own business and with survival skills for freelancers I basically worked on it solidly for about 6 weeks, 2 months maybe, didn't earn a single thing in that time. So for starters, it's not something you can really even attempt to do to create write a book. Um, unless you do have savings behind you. So over the years, I've been a big saver because saving to me is is my security. So I was fortunate financially that I was able to do that. With this book, I couldn't let that happen. So I came up with the idea at the start of January. I'd made mega progress by June. And then at the start of June, I went to Tuscany for two weeks. So I had to put pause on it. And then when I came back, I was catching up with all my client work. And it was really hit and miss whether I would actually meet the deadline in the end. But pride would not have. <laughs> I couldn't have not met the deadline. So, 
Yeah. So late nights and trying to fit it all in because that's actually that you that's a pretty quick turnaround. If you started it in January and we're now at the end of August. Yeah, I mean that's really quick turnaround. Yeah, so six months in total for for both books. But that's as I've said on so many podcast interviews since I wrote the first book. That's the only way my brain can operate. I get so fixated on the thing that I have to finish it so I can get it out the way so I can go back to focusing on the other thing, which is which is currently client work. So having had Thursday was a crazy day. I had well over 100 people on my list of people who wanted a nudge on launch day. And I spent most of the day leaving them personalized voice notes and sharing the link. That took so long. And then um, responding to people's really kind, amazing shares on social media, which were all over the place and kind of still are. I'm still getting about an average of about five people posting about it on social every day since the launch day which is incredible I feel like it's really hit a nerve with people everybody however experienced they are as a writer I don't know if you've come across a book called how to write clearly by Tom Alberton I don't don't, actually know I haven't come across that. no well he he um he gave me um a testimonial that said I've been um working with words for more than 20 years and I still get confused with these things and I think that's the thing something about the way the information is presented is making people not feel ashamed of the fact that you know because everybody makes these mistakes we all do I do I have to use my own book as a reference I got put on the spot on BBC radio the other day she said oh which way round is that and I thought you know what Oh, on the spot, <laughs> under the pressure, I couldn't remember. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just something I'm just normalising the fact that we get confused. It's better to check. We all yeah. want to come across in our personal profiles on social media or whatever else. We always want to come across as, professionally, as professionally to- and looking as good as we can. You know, we don't want to make those embarrassing mistakes like saying, bear with me and spelling it get naked you know b-a-r-e literally it's such a common mistake it's so common and it's so embarrassing so yeah so many people but so many people do it but hopefully with your book they they won't now yeah well I'm Um, just hoping that there's going to be some sort of even if it's teeny teeny weeny like a micro change in how easy people find this stuff and how few mistakes I spot on social media because all these people that I've worked with for all these years who don't find it intuitive they're who I had in mind when I wrote it and I've just made it accessible interesting and fun well I think it's great and I also think um you'll write in terms of it's um you know not being embarrassed to either buy it but also as a present I think it would make a really good present um you know for I was just thinking a sort of a sort of a stocking filler for a, a GCSE student or, yeah. you know, or for whoever, or for whoever, um, you know, I think it, I think it's great. I think it's, I really wish you like tons of success with it. I'm, Thank sure, you you, so I'm much. sure you'll do brilliantly Thank and uh, yeah, keep us posted. And oh, yeah, I will well, do. 
But so my question, my final question is, um, is the next book in the pipeline? <laughs> well, by the look of it, it's it, it'll be a sequel to this. But you heard it here first because I haven't told anybody. And now I've told you and your audience. So um, I I didn't finish off that sentence that I was saying earlier on about um, having to draw the line because I just decided to open a note on my phone and keep track of anything that I've forgotten. And it's inevitable that some people will read the book and go, oh, this is fantastic. Um, can you include X versus Y in the next one? So I'm just keeping track. And at some point, no no time in the near future, but at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a second book. Brilliant. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, good luck. Thank you. You have been listening to the Cracking Copy podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride. Don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts. And more details and resources are in our show notes. So we'll see you next time.